0: Hey everybody, I'm Jim Williams, your host for the Sunshine Boys podcast, and with me, Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson, the Sunshine Boys themselves. And Ira, when last we left you, you were in Houston at the convention center, about 24 hours out from giving your presentation on why former Tampa Bay Buccaneer and um, Denver Bronco safety John Lynch deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. So we'll let you pick that story up from right there.
1: Gentlemen, uh, days have gone by, and I am still I am still distraught. I need a little consolation from uh, my compatriot, Mister Henderson. Uh, I'm not sleeping well. Now, Joe knows me too well. If I say I'm not eating, he 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 knows I got no credibility. So
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm not
1: I'm not sleeping well. Let's play, okay. let's end it with that. Uh, because, guys, I I thought this was the year. I thought this had to be the year. And as the meeting progressed, guys which began at 7.30 and ended about 3.30. Uh, and, and I got up and made my speech about 2 o'clock.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I I was feeling very good uh, about everything because I got a lot of support in the room.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: one guy said he canvassed a bunch of Hall of Famers, guys that are already in Canton, and um, and, and what they thought about the nominees. And, and, and Lynch finished well ahead of Dark, uh, Brian Dawkins. Um, on that list. So I, I thought uh, that might have been, you know, that's enough to put him over the top. uh. But then, guys, he, he made the final 10 for the second straight year. And, you know, we, then we cut it down from 10 to 5. And, and gentlemen, uh, there's about a 15-minute gap because the uh, Deloitte and Tooch, the, the noted, you know, accountant firm, right. mm-hmm. uh, comes in and grabs your ballots and goes in a separate room And there's about 15 minutes, you know, until they come back out with the final five. And in those 15 minutes, I I was feeling great. Uh, Now, Lynch was on the final 10. Uh, What was a little bit ominous, Joe, was that Dawkins was also on the final 10. Uh, And it was his first year. Uh, And so was Tony Bocelli, and so was Jason Taylor. I mean, that's a lot of respect for uh, the first year, guys, because,
2: Mm -hmm. of
1: course, Tomlinson, you know, was going to get in. So I I was feeling very good. And they come back in, and they announce the final five alphabetically. And the guy says, Morton Anderson, Pharrell Davis. Well, now I'm waiting for Lynch. And then he said, Jason Taylor. He went from D to T, Mr. Henderson. Um, And I knew Tomlinson and Warner were behind that. So, boy, uh, that was a a crusher. you know i didn't even have uh i didn't have the nerve to call lynch i figure ah, i'll let david baker the president of the hall call him and he ended up calling me and you know class all the way i know you did your best ira but uh we'll try again next year uh, and as joe was about to tell you uh, jim uh next year's a stacked class so we'll see what happens but uh, missed opportunity joe missed opportunity
3: well ira i i, I do think you're being a little harsh on yourself and for me to give you sympathy is a kind of a stop the presses moment. But um <laughs> it uh, you know I've always thought that John deserves to be in the Hall of Fame and should be in the Hall of Fame, but I never looked at a single year and said, Okay, well this this is it. He's he's going he's going in. Simply because so much of of football uh, as well has been reduced to a numbers game. How do how do your statistics stack up against somebody else? And the people in the room are are astute followers and and uh, of football, and they understand pieces uh, of the game that maybe the average fan does not. But at the end of the day. You know, I think Lynch gets punished for playing in the Tampa 2, which was not designed to give safeties great numbers. That uh, it, it just wasn't. And the other performer, I thought, point last week, well, when you mentioned Bill Belichick, begged him to play for the Patriots, and um, he... You know, was arguably. I think he was as important to the Buck's success as Brooks or Sapp. Now I'll get an argument on that, but he was what you call the third-level guy, and Sapp at the first, Brooks uh, at second, and then once cleaned it up in the in the secondary. And say what you will, that was the dominant defensive era. But we were here, and we saw it. Unfold day by day. And, you know, years after the fact, things come and go. Other, other voters are going to look and say, eh, I don't know. He doesn't have the numbers. He doesn't have the interceptions. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. And I think that hurt him.
0: You know, um, one of the other things, Ira, and again, I, I'm like Joe, I don't think you should be too hard on yourself. Um, it, it's, um, I was surprised. Look, I have great respect for Jason Taylor, but I don't see it. I don't see how he gets in ahead of John Lynch.
1: Well, Jim, uh, I, I felt the same way, um, but I was told by a uh, respected member of that committee that's been on it for 25 years that I, I said, you know, I called the next day, and I said, well, what the heck happened in that room? Mm-hmm. And, and I mentioned Taylor specifically, and he said, Ira, they they love pass rushers. They love pass rushers. and I and I went back and I looked, and there's like twelve guys, you know, the Chris Dolmans, Kevin Greens, uh, twelve guys. Like in the last, you know, nine or ten years, they they keep going in, they you know. And Joe, that begs the question, you know, where's the love for Simeon Rice? Because we saw Simeon Rice, and he was a difference maker. He he can't get a sniff, so that's a funny question. Now, Jim, Joe's right to an extent. Um, these guys didn't see Lynch play every week. The the Philadelphia representative, guys, that uh, did the speech for Dawkins, he, he's wondering why Dawkins didn't get in. He can't believe it. So it's all relative, but as far as stats are concerned, and, and I, I need you guys to weigh in on this, it is a hot-button issue. It, it, is big, it is a big-deal issue right now. Um, Joe, by the stats, Terrell Owens is a no-brainer there's no discussion. You can stand up, say Terrell Owens, and you can sit down, but that's not the case. Two years in a row, guys, he hasn't made the first cut from 15 to 10. Can't make it, and that tells me he may not even be close, Uh, but I got a call. Joe Booger McFarlane called me on Sunday. I was driving, you know, and and he said, Ira, you know, I've talked to other players. uh, You know, I was at a party last night, and they they think the Hall of Fame's becoming a sham. Where is Owens? These are other players, uh, but guys in that room, uh, one of one of the selectors said that he talked to former players, Hall of Famers, and there were a lot of sentiment there that they don't want their bust anywhere near Terrell Owens. So, Jim and Joe, I'm going to ask you um, this thing about being a bad teammate divisive, a cancer. Those are the words that come in the room. It's got nothing to do, guys, with uh, with, with his antics on the field. No, nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with his relationship with the media. Joe, you know that if that was the case, that wouldn't have got in in 2013. So, you know, I hope I hope our listeners can understand. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with his effect in the locker room on other players. And, guys, the, the, you think we're putting too much weight on that at, at this point?
3: Well, I would counter that argument, Ira, and, I, and first off, I think you're probably right that that hurt Terrell Owens, but then it reverse it. If, if I'm being a good teammate, why isn't John Lynch in? Right. I'm just saying. It's like the room wants it both ways. We're not going to let you in, even though you've got the numbers, because we think you were a bad teammate, but we're... We're not going to let this other guy in, even though he was a great teammate, because we don't think he has the numbers. I mean, what do you want?
0: Well, you know, too, Joe and Ira, um, it, it's it's the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Nice. It's not who got along with what whom. I mean, that obviously that factors into it. But I mean, look, if you look at baseball, right? Guys like Ty Cobb are in there. I mean, <laughs> not not necessarily were they great teammates, nor were they particularly, you know um poster children for the game. But they're in the hall. And um I I honestly think and I'm I probably gonna take some flack for this and I don't really care. Um, I, I think there's a lot more you know, Joe talked earlier when we were talking about baseball, and Ira you, you can weigh in on this. I've spoken to baseball writers who've said to me, when I ask them about a certain player, they go I you know, I don't like that guy personality factors into it. And I don't care what anybody says, personality factors into it. Your relationship with that person. If you have none, that's one way, you know, then you have to go on the stats. But if you've actually been around these people and you don't like them, then I've seen voters choose not to put them on their ballot because they don't like them. And and that's so I mean it, it's just a a fact of life. Uh, okay. You know, Go ahead. I I'd
1: be naive, Jim, I'd be naive to say uh, that these are not human beings that are voting and, and, and mm-hmm. emotions come in. But as Joe, you know, will back me up on this, uh, Sapp didn't talk to me for three years. Uh, and yet, you know, I made every effort uh, I could uh, to give him uh, a good hearing in that room. And ultimately, uh, it was successful. Um, I was able to overcome that. Joe, having said that, uh, I don't doubt what Jim's saying. Joe, we don't know uh, what the baseball writers are, are thinking. Um, and, and even in that room, guys, it, it's an anonymous vote.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: they they call these guys silent assassins. Joe, they don't say anything during the eight-hour meeting, and when they get the ballot in front of them, they, they, they vote no. And... Um, it's a problem in that room. I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm, I would definitely be for more transparency. Uh, that's the way we've got to go. Uh, that's the way, uh, the public wants it. And and I think they're right.
3: Well, uh, that's a great point, Ira. I mean, I vote for the baseball hall of fame and my ballot is public. You know, I, and a lot of writers have chosen to make their ballot public. Uh, Up until this year, it was voluntary. Next year, it's mandatory. If you vote for the Hall of Fame, we're going to know how you voted. And I'm happy to have anybody dissect my ballot. Uh, I'm happy to explain why I voted for who I voted for. And two of the guys I voted for were Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, who I don't think are going to make the all-time chummy list with Ryder Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Now, no,
1: Bonds, Bonds was not a particularly good
3: teammate either. He really wasn't. No, he really wasn't. But uh, even steroids aside, the guy was a Hall of Famer based on the numbers before steroids were even thought of. So there is that, and so was Roger Clemens. But but back to <laughs> you talk about Sapp not talking to you for three years, this is from Sapp's that even Ira will get a chuckle out of. Remember when uh, he got into the controversy with the Green Bay, where he, he threw the block and and mm-hmm. you know on an interception yeah. and caused all that problem? Okay, I wrote a, few, a, a day or two later that what's what's the big deal? Football play, it was legal. He didn't get a penalty on a play. The NFL will. Find a player for showing an inch too much sock, and and they let that SAP play go. So everybody just needs to chill, right? That was my opinion at the time. Okay, word gets back to me a day later from a another reporter at the Tribune that SAP was mad at me over that column, and said basically, I don't need the likes of him defending me, and I'm <laughs> going like, you you can't win, and. Uh, the 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 thing with sap is he was so volatile inside the room that you, you never really knew what you were gonna get as a writer. Having said that, um I think he was was liked and respected for what he did on the field in the room. Uh wouldn't you agree, Ira?
1: Absolutely. Nobody thought he was a bad teammate, Joe.
3: So there was that.
1: You know uh, and, uh, Tim Jim, I'm gonna keep an open mind on this Terrell Owens thing. You know, I'm uh, mm-hmm. the more I'm thinking about it, you know, I'm gonna go in that room next year in, in frosty Minneapolis, where, where Henderson wants no part of that game, and uh, I'm gonna keep an open mind because you know, if you look at the teams that Owens were was on, Joe, they they were, they had a good record, they were successful.
3: Um, so
2: I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep an open
3: mind on Owens. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, Terrell Owens next year, no shot. No shot. Look who's on the ballot next year. I know. You know, you've got Ray Lewis. You've got Brian Erlocker, you got Richard Seymour. Andy Moss.
2: Randy Moss. Now, there's,
3: there's another one for you. That's a polarizing guy. Does Randy Moss get in? If you go strictly on what he did on the field, absolutely. But how many how many uh, times is he going to be fed that line that I only really play hard when I want to?
1: That's a tough line. That's a tough line.
3: That that Joe don't don't forget Rondé Barber. Joe, don't throw him Rondé Barber. There's another one. And now you want to talk numbers. Rondé Barber's got the numbers, right? Yes. So so fortunately for for John, I think he might actually uh have a tougher time breaking through next year than than he has ever had uh because that is a that's a stacked lineup next year and you know good luck.
0: L- you know, let me ask you a question, nice. Ira. Do you yeah. um so if Rondé's going potentially going in next year, certainly he's part of the class, do you then do both Ronde and John's um presentation?
1: I do, and they would be very different presentations because, as Joe suggests, Mm -hmm. Rondé's got numbers like a Brian Dawkins. He's all over that stat board. He also, Mm -hmm. I think you could make an argument, uh, guys, that he kind of invented uh, the slot corner position, which is now so important in today's Mm -hmm. game, and Lynch's presentation is not stat-based. Let me say this, Jim. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one thing Lynch would have going for him in 2018 Maybe the only thing is that with Morton Anderson and Terrell Davis and Kurt Warner all going in this year, uh, the guy who clearly has been waiting to get his turn would be John Lynch. He's the guy. So sometimes there's a sense of a cue once in a while. And you know with Jerome Bettis, you know, in there seven times. Andre Reed, you know, Harry Carson, you know, I think Glenn Swan was fourteen. And, and sometimes it's like, hey, this guy keeps coming back. He's got support. You know, how long has he got to wait? And so you know, I don't want to beat them over the heads with a guilt trip, but I I just might do that next
3: year. Well. Um, like I said, that uh, you should you should use all the the persuasion that that you can. But in addition to the guys I mentioned earlier, you you've got to deal with the Brian Dawkins and you've got to deal with some of the guys who right. got left off. And there is precedent for what's happening with John. Unfortunately, when you look at how long it took for Tim Brown, Chris Carter to get. To get their uh, their gold jackets, uh, so you know what that says is that we are in an era. It's it's there are players out there that we knew were great when we were watching them, but but now that we're beginning to understand how many that there really were, and you know maybe it's time to. Uh, to to say that uh, you know we can put more than uh, five guys in the hall in a given year. I don't know. that's a, uh, heck, that's
1: a heck of a point, Joe, because there's a uh, there's a lot of consensus in the room, Jim, that uh, we feel too restricted by uh five right. spots maximum. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the, there's there's 22 starters in the uh, on the NFL there's 32 sure. teams. And um Jim, I, I I'll end it with this. Um we, we throw that up at the Hall of Fame executives, and they kind of look at us. But, you know, nothing changes, and I'll tell you why, Jim. They love the controversy. I mean, sure. people are still talking about T.O., and, and if there were eight spots, maybe T.O. gets in and maybe Lynch gets in. They they like the 5 out of 15 ratio, Jim, because it, uh, it, it's open field for second guessing.
2: No question. Sure.
0: Well, just so everybody knows, the class of 2017 – Morton Anderson, of course, the kicker for the Saints, Falcons, Giants, Irish Chiefs, and the Vikings. Terrell Davis, who running back, Denver Broncos, Kenny Easley, safety. Seattle Seahawks, Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Jason Taylor, played defensive end for the Dolphins, the Washington Redskins, the Jets. Ladamian Tomlinson, running back, of course, for the Chargers and the Jets. And quarterback Kurt Warner of the Rams, Giants, and the Phoenix Cardinals. That's your class of 2017 for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, you know. Guess
1: uh, guess who didn't make it, Jim? Uh, Mr. Paul Tagliabue.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a while for him.
1: Uh, I don't know if they'll ever be back in that room, Joe. He got struck down. Why why bring him back? You know.
3: Well, wait, wait till it's Goodell's turn. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, let me just say this, okay? It'll, it'll be a cold day in certain parts of the South uh, when uh, – I'm talking deep, deep South uh, when when Roger gets in. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen uh, any time five years after he just leaves his commissioner. I, I, I think it's, at that point, who's
3: ever representing New, New England would just stand up and go, hell no, and sit down and ask
0: <laughs> that. <laughs> right. Yeah. True. Very true. All right. So I guess we put a a bow on this year's hall of fame class and we'll hope for better things to come for John and Rondé Barber, uh, next time around in, in beautiful downtown Minneapolis. Um, there was a game played on Sunday. And, um, for those of you who went to sleep late early, um, new England won the super bowl and, um, guys i I don't know that was about as bizarre and interesting a super Bowl uh, as I've seen and as a kid i I've seen them all, so um that one was strange, but incredibly uh telling at the end i suppose
1: uh i'll say uh well, joe Joe, don't be talking about that game for twenty years twenty years um. Boss. And I don't think, Joe, I don't think it was as good a game overall as maybe the uh, Seattle-New England game from a couple of years ago. And by the way, uh, people used to say, remember, guys, Uh, ah, the Super Bowls are bad, they're blowouts, they're this. We've had some tremendous matchups. I mean, uh, uh, Jim, the Ravens and the Niners, that was a fantastic game.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, You know, the two New England Giants games. Yeah. Yeah. Steelers and the uh, Arizona Cardinals right here in Tampa. Right. Absolutely, Joe. Uh,
1: that's a game they'll be talking about for decades. You know, uh, kids will be asking their parents, where where were you during that game? Did you watch it? Uh, I'm going to open the discussion with this, and I'll let Joe weigh in. Uh, I've heard all the postmortems, gentlemen, and there's been a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, disaster. Matt Ryan, what are you doing? Uh you know, run the ball. Uh, guys, I, I'm, I'm going to open a discussion. Uh, can we take a couple of pot shots where they belong? Which is, you just gave up 25 points in the fourth quarter. Make a stop. Don't, the, the last five possessions, four touchdowns and a field goal. Are you kidding me? And and two, two point conversions. So, look, I know Atlanta's an offensive team, guys, but, you know, they had one bad quarter uh, for offense. Look, mm-hmm. uh, can, can you make a stop, Joe? Is anybody talking about Atlanta's defense?
3: Well, it should be. but We're inclined to overlook that, I think, and just say, well, it wasn't Atlanta's defense. It was Tom Brady's greatness, okay? However, I will I will disagree with you, my learned colleague, on one key point. I'm shocked.
1: I'm shocked. I know.
3: I know you're. stunned. Um, I think a lot of this really does go to Kyle Shanahan. And I'll tell you why. You've got a huge lead. The other guys have momentum. They're cutting into it. And now you're, you're, you have a chance to, you're basically in field goal range. You've got Matt Bryant, who's got good range. And all you got to do is run the ball kill some clock, run the time down, kick a three-pointer and you're going to win the Super Bowl. And when... ...and got sacked on in, in that drive to take the ball back near midfield, and they were not able to get back into field goal range, I remember tweeting out right then that we know how this game is going to end now, don't we? Because there was no doubt at that point in my mind uh, that the Patriots were going to win, and I think Shanahan takes a big amount of blame for that. He gave New England an opening, and Tom Brady stormed right through it. Yes, the Falcons. Joe, Joe they're on the nine-yard line.
1: Joe, they're on the nine-yard line. Well, can you make us? Can you make us
3: dude, stop? Dude, I I'm sitting there watching this, going, Yeah, where have I seen this game before? Oh yeah, Bengals Steelers playoff game. I'm still not over that, by the way. So I'm uh, guessing not. It a... and, and and you know there was there was the deal there where they uh almost had what would have been the game ending interception, right? Didn't didn't get it. It was an inch mm-hmm. off. The uh there was just a lot of everything had to happen right for the Patriots. And it's almost like the football guys were going, No, we really do want to see Roger Goodell have to hand the trophy to the Patriots that it, it would seem that bizarre, but if they still, they've got the lead, they've got everything, you know, blunt, the momentum, run the ball, kick the field goal. You're up two scores, three minutes to play. The game is over. Didn't you know, Joe, it. in
0: that drive, you got, there was that screen pass that um, when they were on the 10, it took it up to the 35 yard line. Then they right. had another short, quick pass that um, was to Julio Jones. Then there was the amazing throw that Julio Jones did the toe drag to stay in. And you were thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, all the momentum in the world is headed that way. And then they had three minus plays that took them out of field goal range.
1: You know, Jim, Joe's point's right. I mean, that was a disastrous Mm -hmm. sequence. But Mm -hmm. I'll say it again, guys. Uh, The the Patriots scored 25 points. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In the final 17 minutes of regulation, I mean, who does that? 25, uh, and there was only one turnover involved. There was a big turnover, but it was one. I mean, you know, it, you know, it wasn't like Atlanta fumbled three times and gave Brady the ball uh,
0: at the Falcons' 35. Uh, yeah, the the only team I can think of doing something like that is Clemson. So, you know, uh, I, I guess uh, now,
1: now guys, in the wake of this, and it hasn't taken long. Joe. Right. Uh, Dan Quinn keeps jettisoning uh, defensive assistants. Uh, Two are gone, uh, maybe more to come, including the coordinator. Uh, mm. You know, and 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 Shanahan, yeah, yeah, he got punished. He, he gets to be a head coach, gentlemen,
0: and at the 49ers, yeah. So it is punishment. Um, <laughs> All but... right, I'm, I'm looking at a real time tweet. I went
3: back and looked this up. A real time tweet from Tony Dungy that backs up my point is is uh, when, when Matt Ryan got sacked on, the, on a fateful sack, Dungey tweets out, not sure what Atlanta was thinking there. Run three times and kick a field goal. Tony Dungey, I'm dropping right, the mic Matt. on that one. Right. You're no. right.
1: They, they, uh, they, they, they got stopped for a loss on first down. They did run it. Uh, but it was only a one-yard loss. And, and Joe's right. They're in field goal range. Matt Bryant's about mm-hmm. as good as they get uh, from that distance. And uh, in retrospect, they would have been up 11, Joe, with what, three minutes left?
0: Maybe?
3: Three minutes left.
0: Yeah. yeah, but the other thing, too, guys, is in their final 13 plays, the Falcons only ran the ball four times. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to say well, something right. else. I think that, I think that right. honestly, Atlanta's defense, which was flying all over the place in the first half, might very well have been tired by the time they got to the fourth I court. think you're right, Jim. I think that was a factor. You're
1: right. Um, uh, 93 uh, Ira, snaps, uh, Joe. 90, 93 snaps by New England. That's an extraordinary total. So I, I think they were fired Yeah.
3: I have a question for you,
1: Ira. Yes, sir.
3: Is it time to address the NFL overtime rule? I say it is.
1: Well, not the not that the college rule is great either.
3: Uh, no, I, but I but give yeah. give the Falcons a chance.
1: I can see it. I can see it, and certainly uh, the results of Sunday's game will, uh, y- you know, generate uh, e- even more controversy on that subject. We'll see what the competition committee. I don't think they're going to change
0: it, Jim. I- I oh, think I don't think they, the they will either. Yeah, it took an act of Congress to get them to, you know go from the field goal routine where, you know, you give the other team a chance to kick a field goal. So
1: no, I, no, I I will say this, Joe, I, I didn't like the look in the eyes of those Falcon guys at midfield when, uh, when the Patriots uh, guy won it and said, uh, we want the ball. I, I, I didn't like the look on yeah.
2: there.
3: Yeah. They, they seemed to know at that point, I think we all knew what was going on there. It was. Let so I me mean, ask you. Go ahead. What he thinks about this. Hour, chair of the competition committee. What's that, Joe? What do you think Rich McKay thinks about all of this?
1: Oh, uh, I think McKay is still too stunned here, uh, you know, as we speak three days later. Uh, but, uh, look, he, he's the guy that uh, came up with this compromise uh, solution to begin with uh, on, on overtime. Uh, he was victimized, Joe. He was victimized. Uh, but uh, I don't think it's has enough, Joe. To overturn it, I think the owners are uh, are stuck with this for a while.
0: On the pantheon of catches, where's Julian Edelman's catch?
1: Oh boy, you know I'm not sure it was better than Julio Jones's, Joe. But Julio Jones is is, is going to be forgotten. Nobody's going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, it's a footnote. <laughs> uh, footnote. Um, you know, it, it, remind, it reminded me of the David Tyree catch. I, I mm-hmm. don't think it was as critical on the helmet. Uh, Maybe, you know, the helmet. Yeah, the helmet, because yeah. um, if they, he doesn't make that catch, the the, the Giants lose. Uh, and also, it came after Eli Manning. Joe, remember, he escaped. Uh, he did an unbelievable Houdini act uh,
0: to right. Eli Manning right.
1: just to get the ball off. So, it's up there. Um, Joe, that catch, uh, you know, that Roethlisberger, the throw from Burger and the catch in that right corner in, in Tampa, That that's one of the all-timers. Um it, it was some Mike that's...
0: Wallace, I think,
1: right? No, I don't think it was Mike Wallace. Right? It was the uh, uh,
3: pitcher, uh, wasn't it?
1: No, 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 I was thinking another. I was thinking another
3: one. It was um, two. Um...
1: What a what a tremendous throw! What a tremendous catch! Uh, yeah, because the guy was in um, well coverage. Uh, but um, you know, Ed, Edelman Edelman is a crafty little devil, Jim. Crafty little devil. Um, he sort of reminds me of Wes Welker. I mean, the Patriots right. specialize in these guys. They're, they're well, incredible they route runners. You know, Edel, Edelman's not going to beat anybody in a 40-yard dash.
0: Well, they but, didn't throw uh, the ball down the field more than 24 yards. No, they really did, Jim. They, uh, it, it was picking them apart,
1: uh, you know, and, and, of course, using that running back uh, uh, beautifully right. out of the back then.
0: Right. I think that, you know, if you look at it, it was, he was playing darts. I mean, he'd go, all right, let's throw – give me seven yards, give me eight yards, give me 10 yards, give me 12 yards, you know. And they were just picking and – you know, I think he was throwing ahead of the defense because I think the only part of the Atlanta defense that still had legs was the defensive backfield. Uh, I thought –
1: Joe, I thought the Atlanta's pass rush was a lot better than I thought it would be. I thought they did an excellent job of uh, harassing Mm -hmm. Brady.
3: They did, and that's why I think they were able to to get such a lead in that. Brady was totally off his game. through the big, what we thought would be killer pick six, he uh, the the other play that that who do you think is is breathing a bigger sigh of relief right now than the Patriots kicker who missed the extra point that forced them to have to go for a pair of two point conversions. I mean, it, it's just you know, and and you know now, was do you think the penalty was justified? Uh, when Matt Bryant got his uh, PAT blocked, a lot of people say that that call shouldn't have been made.
1: It's uh, a good point. That's, that's another one for your boy McKay to look at, uh, Joseph. Hey, one more point, guys. It was a game of that magnitude and that drama, and right. nobody mentions it. I mean, nobody. Um, and and it's so easy to uh, uh, to bypass. But guys, let's admit it. Um, Tom Brady just authored authored the greatest comeback in super bowl history uh maybe in postseason history postseason history and he didn't have his best player on the field uh gronkowski i mean gronkowski is is right now he's a borderline hall of famer if he never plays again he's in that room and 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 there's a lot of discussion about gronkowski he might have done enough now to get into the hall of fame um let alone you know play another six years uh Joe, he just did that without Gronkowski. Absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable.
3: Well, all right, the the, the big debate, and everybody always wants to, to make these big snap judgments um, <laughs> on whatever they see at the moment. But, all right, I'm, I'm all in. Brady is the greatest that has ever played the game, and Belichick is the best who's ever coached the game. Period. Paragraph. Done.
1: And Jim and Jim Henderson's old enough to have seen Otto Graham in, in his prime.
3: Not uh, quite.
1: So not so quite. But I
3: did see Vince, <laughs> did see Vince Lombardi and Paul Brown in their primes. And um, you know Lombardi, uh, you know they named the trophy after him. But uh, for Belichick to do this in the expansion free agent era, everybody says, well, you know. Tom Brady's the greatest, yeah, Tom Brady was what round was he drafted in the twenty eighth or something Six. <laughs> um, you know it's there were a lot of teams had shot at Tom Brady and went nah and so he, he does more with seemingly less than any coach ever, and you know to me uh for him. To to lose Brady for those four games and plug in Jimmy Garoppolo and win three of those four games just tells me that this guy is he's just better. And you know, he can be insufferable and all those other things, but yeah, you know, he's you gotta give him his due. they they're just the debate is over. Um you know everybody else take a seat this is this is the guy
0: How yeah, much uh, longer guys do you yeah, think that yeah. the, this duo stays together I mean I think Bill's like 64 65 right I, I,
1: don't, know gonna quit well, uh, I don't know which one's going to quit first Joe I mean it's unbelievable uh Giselle wants Brady to hang him up he says uh nice try babe I'm having too much fun that's a great quote um uh, mm. Jim you got to appreciate even the patriot haters, and there's a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. You got you got to appreciate greatness when it's in front of you, uh, Jim. You don't mm-hmm. you don't wait 20 years. Um, you know this is uh, Bill Russell Celtics. Uh, this is the Yankees. Uh, y- y- you got mm-hmm. to acknowledge greatness. And um, Joe's right. Uh, different era players changing all the time. Lombardi didn't have to worry about you know losing. Uh, Ray Nitschke wasn't right. going to happen. Mm-hmm. Willie Wood, Herb Addley, Two Players for Life, Art Star. Um, Joe's right. I mean, I didn't see Unitas in his prime, Joe. I don't know if you did in his prime, early sixties. I did. You know, I did. Um, but you know, I, I said during the week, Joe. I, you know, I was on uh, Mad Dog Russo. I did my farewell uh, for the year. Uh, Thursday in Houston, and, and he asked me about Brady. I said, "I think he's the best. I think he's the best of the modern era." I didn't need Sunday's game to validate it, Jim. And um, I, I think the debate's over.
0: I honestly don't think. I mean, Ira, to your point, the the game that uh, Montana we won't say who he beat in the in that drive in Pontiac, Michigan, on the coldest day of my life. Um, But I will tell you that, I mean, that was phenomenal. But to do it the way he did it in that fourth quarter was, that was cold-blooded, cold stone, you know, (laughs) phenomenal. Uh, And I'm I'm not a fan of the New England Patriots, but, you know, as you say, Ira, and I agree with you, you know, when someone's good, you have to acknowledge it. Tip your hat and say, "This guy's amazing." And you know, I can't think of any quarterback in professional football that has had this kind of success on the stage that he's had it on for the time that he's been there. I mean, it's phenomenal.
1: And and Joe, you know what gets forgotten, Joe? And you saw the game, um, the Seattle game, the Malcolm Butler game.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, right. Let
1: us let us not forget. And Seattle still has a very good defense. It was even better uh in, in twenty fourteen. It was elite. Uh led by former Buck Michael Bennett, Mr. Henderson. Um and Grady Mark won- Dominic did not want it. <laughs> 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 uh guys, Grady went ten for ten in the fourth quarter of that game. Mm-hmm. Um now if Butler doesn't make that play, it's a footnote. Um and by the way, you know and I was fascinated uh, by it at the time, and I'm sure you guys were. Uh, you know, going back to that game, the fact Belichick didn't call timeout during that thing, it's just remarkable. It ended up Belichick looks good. He could have been the GOAT. Belichick mm-hmm. could have been the GOAT of that game. I-, I don't know what the heck he was thinking he didn't call time out. But again, it works out for Belichick. And I think you got to say that Malcolm Butler's play was not lucky because they practiced it. And who else practices that with a backup corner but the New England Patriots? Who? You know? Unbelievable.
0: The list is short, I read The list is very short. Um, what about looking forward to, to 2017, guys? Um, no reason to believe that the Patriots aren't going to be a contender again. Um, what about the Falcons? Now, Steve Sarkeesian was hired as their offensive coordinator. Ira, I think you mentioned or, or Joe mentioned earlier that um, a Greyhound bus full of defensive coordinators left um, Atlanta early this morning. So, you know, what exactly, where does, what, is, is, are we going to see Atlanta again next year or is it going to be some, who's the, who's the team on the cusp ready to jump in and, and, and really challenge?
1: Joe, I don't think the Falcons are going to collapse, Joe. I don't think they're going to collapse like uh, Carolina did uh, as a Super Bowl loser. Because, Joe, they got a lot of good young players. Um, But we'll see what Matt Ryan does without Shanahan calling the plays. Um, But, Joe, I I, I don't, you know, look, what do I know about the Falcons, Joe? I I told you they were a 6-10 team. Anderson went opener. Um, Well, you said said Calvin, don't be so harsh on Atlanta
3: yeah i i'm I'm gonna be harsh on Atlanta. I don't think they can get over this, and I think your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the direct beneficiary of that because something's really wrong in Carolina. it got away from them in a hurry, and you don't glue it back together again that quickly. I think New Orleans is in transition. the team on the rise are your nine and seven tampa bay buccaneers and if next year has to be a playoff year for the Bucks. They have to be in the tournament, and I think they are the biggest threat to Atlanta right now to win the, uh, the division. And um, if I had to put a, a Staubach down right now, I would put it down uh, on the Bucks to do just that.
1: Wow! Look at Henderson, uh, Jimmy, all in. Yeah, all he's, in. he's all pushing, in. He's pushing the chips. In, in, in,
2: well.
0: But pushing the chips in the middle of the table there. Um,
1: uh, you know, now, guys, I don't disagree with, with Joe's analysis, but uh, he wasn't talking about the NFC as a whole because, you know, I don't think no. Dallas is going anywhere with, with those two uh, incredible uh, first-year uh, players who, who battled for, um, you know, offensive rookie of the year. I still out the ballot. I was thinking, well, who is it, Elliott or Prescott? Prescott or Elliott? I, I ended up voting for Prescott only because he played, you know, under center, uh, more pressure. But you, you could easily have made the case for Elliott. Um, so that's a heck of a start, uh, Jim, going forward with the Cowboys. They're sure. strong. Uh, but Joe's right. Um, it's playoffs or bust
0: for the, these local Buccaneers, Jimmy. What about Tony Romo? Does he stay with Dallas or does he go?
3: I think he's got to go. Uh for one thing, it, it it it's a money situation for him, yeah. and two, he's he's running out of time. Where does he go? He just wants. To, well, there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. Um, you know, you can you can go down the list, but he's going to go to a team that is on the cusp. Right. You would have to think that, right, Ira?
1: That's right, Joe. He does.
3: He, he he doesn't go to.
1: He doesn't go to the you
3: know, jet. He doesn't go to the jet. No. Yeah, that's right. He didn't do that. So, uh, but but you know the the guard has changed uh, in in Dallas, and I think he was a great teammate this year. He could have uh, made life difficult, but he was very supportive uh, of the team. And if I'm an owner looking to to add that critical piece of the puzzle. I'm gonna say, well, you know what, uh, this is a guy that might be able to do it for us. But having said that, he sure gets hurt a lot, and okay. I just wonder—he's um, kind of in that Sam Bradford mode that you—you you know, he's gonna get hurt. You just wonder when it's gonna be, and so I would be—I would be cautious about adding him. I really would.
1: You know, Jim, he could—he could end up uh, in Houston, uh-huh. which could have a heck of a defense. Guys, next year, if J.J. Watt comes back to full health because Clowney broke through with mm-hmm. a very good year after people thought he was a bust. Um, Joe Denver, you know, they still got Von Miller. They're still a Aqib Talib. They're dangerous if they had a quarterback. But Joe's right. He's got to go to a team on the cusp, and there's no guarantee he's going to stay healthy, Jim. But he'd certainly mm-hmm. be an interesting addition to, to the right team.
0: I was thinking Denver personally, but um Yeah. Makes I sense. don't know. I mean he's got that let me, kind
3: of, go ahead. Let, let me throw a wild name at you that I have absolutely nothing to base this on other than just a hunch. A team that is lurking just outside and with the right guy could could come stomping out of the weeds, the Buffalo Bills.
1: Interesting, Joe. Interesting.
3: Well, they're Tyrod Taylor—they're not going to—they're not going to pay him. Mm-hmm. They don't really have a young guy ready to take over yet. Quarterback for them with a new coach, new everything. Um, they're
1: not a so, bad team, Jim. They're not a bad no, team. No,
0: no. What about Minnesota? To, uh, stop the conversation.
3: Well, it, it looks like Teddy Bridgewater's not going to be there uh, all next year either. He he may be done.
1: Oh my yeah. God! Oh my God! I mean, that's a tragedy. It is. It
3: tragedy. it it really is. But they've got a lot invested in Sam Bradford.
1: You know, they 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 Jim they were thinking of Bridgewater the way Buck fans think of Winston. He's yeah. the guy. He's going to lead us out of this wilderness and uh. Boy, I, I like everything about Bridgewater. That that'd be a, a a tremendous shame for for the whole league in general.
0: Sure, I mean he's he's a phenomenal guy, good player, stand up person. So I don't know. It was, um, but you know, unfortunately, those things happen, and and there's not much you can do about it. And he can try to work his way back, but that's a that's a long haul.
1: You know, Jim, we're not that far away from the combine. Uh, right. Which which leads you into free agency and the draft and Joe
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, the Bucks got all kinds of money all kinds of money to spend uh, and you know when you're nine and seven you know you you make a, a couple of smart moves and um, they could put you over the top so look that's going to be a very fruitful topic for the Sunshine Boys James yep. going forward uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you know the NFL never stops Joe. It just never stops.
3: No, I can uh, I can remember when it was a nice 14 game season, even 16 game, and then games over. Yeah, you might tune in a, a couple days before the draft to see what was happening, and then it was like, all right, see you when the uh, the exhibition games start up. But uh, the life of an NFL beat writer now is uh, pretty much 24/7, 365, and uh, you you don't you don't get a break. So, uh, going to be real eager to see what the Bucks do in the off season. They they're, they're going to have to address the secondary, wouldn't you say, Ira? The big question's back at safety. Uh, they yeah. might have some free agency issues there with with uh, you know trying to replace some guys. So picking nineteenth, and I don't even want to begin to think who's going to be there for that. Uh, but if there's a a, a decent receiver, uh, impact receiver, uh, I think the Bucks would uh, obviously be wise to go in that direction. But I doubt it that late in the draft that there would be the kind of guy that, that you would feel you want to spend a first round pick on. You know, uh,
1: Jim, the position that the, the Bucks did did not need a problem at,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
1: but is now a gaping hole is running back. Uh, mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely, because,
1: uh, absolutely. I think Joe would agree with me. I, I think they're probably going to have to move on from Doug Martin. I would think, um, especially because they have a chance to to get rid of him, Jim, with no financial penalty. Right. Like that is going to that is going to be very tempting for the Bucks. And you know, I have no doubt, Joe, that Doug Martin's going to sign with somebody else if he's free. And you know, he's young enough that he can that he can you know get back to his uh, former. Uh, you know, form so a role, uh, Joe. But I don't think it's
0: going to happen in Tampa. I do not. Well, no, I,
3: th- I think his time is yeah. come and gone. So,
0: yeah, I think Joe knows that the um, the 2017 Rookie of the Year is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Marlon Mack. And, <laughs> um,
2: um
3: just say, I'm, I'm not ready to, I'm not going all in on that one. I'm. I'm sorry. What? Um, but, what a bandwagon it,
0: guy are you, huh? Would, would
3: the would the Buccaneers be interested in maneuvering a little bit to get Dalvin Cook? Well, Joe, uh,
1: it, it depends on the cost. How you many draft that...
0: picks they have left? Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, and by the way, Jim, you haven't mentioned this on, on, on this Sunshine Voice podcast, but yeah. uh, I know you will. Uh, gentlemen, pitchers and catchers. Report in about ten days. I mean,
0: can't wait. Joe, Madden,
1: Joe Madden's got to wonder, Joe. Where, where did the off season go, Anderson? Where Where is it? Unbelievable.
3: Well, it's a, it's in the rearview mirror. It's time to play ball. Oh, uh, it's not,
0: I you the know, same thing you talked about the NFL, the Major League Baseball. They they don't stop, and they're going to have the um um there's that uh, oh god the World Championship of baseball this year. Oh boy. Um,
1: Guys, if, if I go to the NFL owners' meetings, which I, I think I will, uh, and it's in Phoenix again, and it was there two years ago. Uh-huh. The, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been to the Arizona Biltmore, but those owners I have. absolutely love it. Joe, mm-hmm. They can't stay away from the Arizona Biltmore. And if you've ever been there, guys, you know why. There's a good thinking,
0: reason. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's fabulous. And so if I go, which will be in late March, um, uh, and I, I did this two years ago. Um, I I will make the drive to Mesa, short drive,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: to see Mr. Madden. Um, now, I can't say I'm going to get him on the podcast, gentlemen, uh, from spring training. Uh, but I I would look forward to that because, Jim, Joe jo spent plenty of time with Madden, and I think he'll back me up. Um, well, one of, just one of the most interesting guys to ever be around. Joe, am I overstating it?
3: I he's on a very short list of my all time favorites. And then when you, you that he's as he's in on a very short list of uh the best managers of the modern era. Not uh I mean it you know, what, who could ask for more? People are gonna you know, he he punched his ticket to the Hall of Fame. Um, at the World Series last year with Chicago. But I'm gonna argue that the work that he did with your Tampa Bay Rays, Ira, was even more impressive because this was a franchise without hope. And under Joe Madden, they did the unthinkable. They made the World Series, which was, I'm still baffled. Uh, I'm not convinced that wasn't a dream uh, sequence, but they also, proved that a team on a budget doing it the right way could not only compete in the al east but win the al east phenomenal, Just Tim,
1: phenomenal. you know that reminds me of uh of tony dungy a little and, and i used that line mm-hmm. uh, in, in my presentation joe last year uh, i kind of said you know what does it say about a uh, an nfl coach who wins the super bowl at indy but he does his best work w- with the bucks joe's right i mean resurrecting mm-hmm. a an absolutely dormant franchise like Madden did, uh, remarkable, and and then he wins in Chicago. And guys, is there any reason to think the Cubs aren't going to be a power for years to come? You know,
0: no. Well, the combination they- of the fact that they have, they they all they have incredible youth, but they also have money. And anytime you have a franchise that has that combination, they shouldn't be out of it
3: yeah we're gonna we're gonna start looking at them the way we do uh, the red sox it's like you know, in a couple of years to'll be all right you were cute now shut up already you know type of thing but uh they are really they are really uh, poised to be good for a for a while uh, you know you never know for sure injuries whatever but i don't I don't see how they're not good for a long time
1: well the red you know joe speaking of the red sox we 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 might have a treat uh, for our podcast listeners in, in a couple of weeks. Um, we'll see if we can get a guy that uh, the, who shows up for a lot of Red Sox games at at Fenway Park, uh, Joe, and he, and he's covered baseball for a heck of a long time. So I, I look forward to Joe if you can make that happen. Um,
0: I will do my best.
1: Listeners. Yeah.
0: Well, the uh, um, you yeah, know talking about the Red Sox, one time I talked to. To John Henry and ask him about you know the Red Sox and if they were going to go in on this particular um, free agent and he laughed and he looked at me and goes even the Red Sox have a have a budget and, um, and I think that that's it, you know it's been a fun off season but uh, no there's no reason to think the Cubs aren't going to be around and there's no reason to think that um, that Joe Madden has got even better things to do before it's all over and he hangs things up uh, from that standpoint. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, now as someone who's a big time baseball fan, I, 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 I'm counting the days till spring training starts.
1: Uh, It's right around the corner, gentlemen.
0: Not, not too far. And, you know, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but we're going to, on our next podcast, uh, we will have a representative from Sarasota on who's going to talk to us about uh, the possibility of adding a second team in uh, Sarasota County with the Atlanta Braves in- coming there potentially in t- in 2019. So, uh, as you know, we all know that if you're a franchise and you're in Atlanta, you have to change the stadium every three or four years. So, uh, they will be moving from Central Florida and Orlando at the Disney Complex, um, and they think and hope they can pull that off and put them in uh, in Sarasota. But we will see. All right, guys. Um, final thoughts and social media, Mister Henderson.
3: Well, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, At the initial J Henderson Tampa and um, my final thoughts are yeah I love baseball as much as the next guy and I'm looking forward to spring training but uh, we're heading into the best time of year in college basketball and Mm -hmm. I would just like to point out to people uh, that if they've gone to sleep on the Florida Gators they need to wake up because uh, it was the result of the weekend that didn't in the Super Bowl shuffle but they obliterated Kentucky uh, at uh, Saturday night, and you know that just doesn't happen. And so Florida is is beasting on teams right now, and look out because uh, they've got it going.
0: What about real quick, Joe? The um, in, as we're looking for props here, why don't we give some props to the um, University of South Florida ladies basketball team? Uh, you know they're a top 25 team. Well, yeah, they are consistently a top 25
3: team, and Jose Fernandez uh, proved it could be done here. Uh, I wish the men's team would follow his example, but um, yeah, they're they're going to be a, a, an NCAA tournament team again. Unfortunately, they reside in the same conference with some team. I think it's called UConn. Um, yeah that they seem to have trouble getting past, but, uh, he's got an outstanding program. Jose is, is top shelf and uh,
0: good on him. Mr. Kaufman, welcome home. And now you can tell us your social media and final thoughts. Thanks buddy. Uh,
1: at ikaufman 76 on Twitter. Guys. And, uh, you know what? I'm going to pick up on something that Henderson said, Joe always leads the way and I usually follow, uh, So, we might as well follow that pattern. Uh, It's college basketball's turn in the spotlight. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: You know, uh, the next six, seven weeks, college hoops. Uh, Let's focus in on uh, the teams that have a chance. And, Jim, I'm going to say this. I talked about appreciating greatness when it's in front of you, Mm -hmm. a dynasty when it's in front of you. And in that regard, and I know you guys will agree, Gino Ariema and the women of Connecticut, they don't have Brianna Stewart anymore. She's like a four-time national player of the year. When you have somebody like that, you're probably going to win. Well, she's gone, and they're still rolling. And let's appreciate what's going on at, at UConn. Uh, I don't see anybody
0: knocking them off, Jimmy. She seemed to me like she was at Connecticut for eight years. I, I don't know <laughs> what but... happened. No, <laughs> you got to give Gino his props. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal guy, and um, it will be fun to watch college basketball over the next few uh, weeks. And as we get uh, into March and, and the madness begins, but uh, there's going to be a lot of fun. And, and shout out, of course, to to Leonard Hamilton, who uh, has done you know wonders with uh, with Florida State's basketball program. He hasn't quite done what Billy Donovan did in um, in Gainesville, but he's uh, he certainly has done a uh, a reputable job of getting to the tournament year in and year out. So props to to the Lady Bulls and also to um, Leonard Hamilton and his large state team. And I agree with Joe; you don't sleep on the Gators. They're playing some outrageous basketball right now, but we'll see how that plays out. All right, guys, it's been a pleasure as always. Welcome. You know, we we got. We got to welcome Ira back home after his trip to, to beautiful Houston. And now we're going to uh, get into some fun stuff. We're going to have a lot more interesting things to do on the podcast. So don't uh, just because football season's over, don't think that we're not egging to talk about it and be talk about other things. So join us next time for the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host, along with the Sunshine Boys himself, Ira Kaufman, Joe Henderson. Until next time. Be careful and have a good day.